Matthew 24, verse 42 says this, Therefore be on alert. Be on alert. For you don't know which day that the Lord is coming, but we do know this, He is coming. We may not know the day or the hour, but we do know that He's coming because He promises He will come for a bride, one without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, for a, for a pure people that are solely and wholly devoted unto Him and allow the fire of God to burn within them. But be assured of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this, for this reason, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. He comes like a thief in the night. This is why we got to constantly be ready and constantly filled with the presence and the fire of the Holy Ghost so that we're ready for His coming because He is coming. He's coming. The King, the King is coming. The King is coming. It even matches my shoes really nice. Praise the Lord. Just saying. Listen, before we pray and before we get into the message, I need 10 volunteers. I need some crowd participation. Come on, give me 10 hands in the air. Just give me 10 hands real quick. Don't make me come out there. Praise the Lord. Give me, give me a whole lot of hands. I got to decide who to pick instead of begging you. Right? Awesome. If you, if you got your hand raised, come on up. Is that 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. My man. 8. I need two more. There's 9. Right, nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Praise the Lord. Do I need one more? Do I know how to count? Because I may not know how to count. That's okay. Bring everybody up. Praise the Lord. We'll get right up on up over here. We'll all preach the message together. I'm good with it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Come on. Ten. Here we go. Thank you guys. Our brave souls. You have no idea what you just got into. You're up here the entire time. <laughs> You're up here the entire time with me today. Sing, Come on. He said, I want to sing. Praise the Lord. We don't want that, RD. They want you to sing about as much as they want me to. Awesome. So what I need you guys to do is, Bree's got a lighter. We got only two lighters. I didn't want somebody burning down the house. So if I get five people over here, five people right here. Come on over here. Look at this, though. I even brought this just in case. Listen. Listen, my... My father-in-law called me a safety hazard. Well, Pap, Pap, look, I got it covered today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. We're going to set this right here because I don't want to mess up the decorum. Doesn't match. <clears throat> so, so if you could, guys, just go around and go ahead and light this. And I want you to remember which, which lamp, though, you light. Hold on. Let, let each person light because I need you to remember which light. Oh, praise the Lord. You did that one. Thank you. I was supposed to be the one to help them do the, the lantern. See, they'll, they'll fall. We got to bam. See? I knew it. I knew it. It's actually a little difficult to. I, I do, but it's been a long time. I'm old. There we go. I don't think I should. You don't think you should light it? You can light it. It's just hit the trigger. And, 
Watch this, I'll help you. Yeah. Here, you, you guide my hand. Boom. Okay, we need one more. Who else needs to light one? Brad, you need to light one, my man. Okay. And believe me, there's a point. Remember, just remember this. And you gotta remember the lamp that you, you, you picked. Try to remember the lamp. It is different. Perfect. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, get lit, get lit, get lit, get lit. Can you guys give them a hand? You guys are okay. You can go sit down for now. You can sit down for now, but pay attention. Pay attention. I'll be calling on you in a little bit. Good job, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'll have you back up. Love you, too. I'll have you back up in a little bit. Sweet. Good morning, CWC. Come on, if you're good, shout, I'm good. good. Amen. Well, I know it is, it is good to be here, to be home. Oh, that, is, that is for sure. And, and look, man, whether, whether life seems good or not, whether it seems good or not, know this, that God is always good. Like he is literally always good. The Bible says that he only gives good and perfect gifts to his people. And so that's why, man, we can say, hey, because of that, we can say, hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be good in it or glad in it. However, I like good. So let's just say good. So one more time with that in mind, if you're good, shout, I'm good. I'm good. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. See, that gets me warmed up, right? Gets me going. Praise the Lord. But it's good to see you. So look, last week, um, my wife, Julie, and I, my beautiful wife and I, were obviously not here, right? And uh, we had an incredible opportunity last week to, to go and spend a few days, several days with, with Evangelist Michael and Anna Dow. Um, I, I tell you, man, they, they are more than friends to us. They're family. Man, we love them. And and believe in them. And, and actually, to tell you the truth, the entire Burning Ones team is, is family to our entire CWC team. Because, here, here's why, because we believe in what God is doing in them, what God is doing through them, and what God does all around them all the time. And man, I'm telling you, God's fire is contagious. And so, man, I want to get around people who are on fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ, man. And so, um, it's incredible to, that, that God has brought us into relationship with them. And, and we were invited with them to, to go and to, to, to preach the gospel to the lost. Amen. Um, but, but, also, but also to light a fire in the bride of Christ. To light a fire in the bride of Christ. How many of you know this? That the church is to be a city on a hill. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. A light unto the, the darkness. A light into this, this world, right? This is what Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5. In the Sermon on the Mount. This is what he, he reveals. And then right after that, he, he says it like this. He says, people don't light a lamp and put it underneath a basket. I better not touch them. I'm going to drop them. But <laughs> he said, they don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they light the lamp and they put it on a table so that it gives light for everyone in the house. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, what? No, I'm going to let it shine. The voice here, I'm coming. I'm just saying. American Idol don't even know. 
They don't even know, Justin. They have no idea what they're in for. This little light is supposed to, to shine, right? I've got my finger up like I'm a little kid again. But <clears throat> this is what the Lord and his spirit does in us and through us. We are to be the light in this world. Did you know the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, that our God is an all-consuming what? Fire. He's an all-consuming fire. In Luke chapter three, I said this earlier, John the Baptist makes this statement and he actually warns us. This is a warning from him. He said, I came to baptize you with water for the repentance of sin, but one is coming who is mightier than I. How many know he's talking about Jesus? One is coming who is mightier than I, who I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. And he will baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, get lit. Tell him, get get used to that. Get used to getting lit because we're going to say it about 50 times today. See, listen to me. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to set the captive free. This is the reason he came. And he did so, not simply just for salvation. He did it to light them on fire for the gospel. To create a hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is why he did it. He came to seek and to save them and to set the captive free. To light them and fill them with the Holy Ghost. I mean, listen, I remember when, when the Lord set me free from heroin addiction many, many years ago. It was an incredible encounter that I had with God. An incredible encounter. And man, he set me free from heroin addiction. It was amazing. It was amazing. But the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, I'm not finished with you yet. Man, I'm so glad I'm not what I used to be. But I'm also so glad that that God's not finished with me either. That he's still got more for me. See, listen to me. Salvation is just the beginning. But sanctification is the process in which we are all going through. Day in and day out. This This is what it is to follow him. And so how he he sanctifies us is by burning us up with the Holy Ghost. This is what it is. So setting me free from heroin addiction was just the beginning of what God was doing and what he wanted to do in my life. It was the starting point. And then he began to, to fill me with the fire of God. After I emptied myself, he began to fill me. See, BC, before Christ... Before Christ, man, I was filled with all kinds of sins and all types of hurts and pains and failures and insecurities and all types of desires and ambitions of my own. I had all these different things that that filled me. And when Jesus set me free, he began to empty me, but not to leave me empty. Because after he emptied me, then he began to fill me. He began to fill me with his fire. It's amazing. It's amazing. Why? So that his fire would begin to not only burn up the things that was in me, but also his fire to remain there inside of me, burning up what the enemy was trying to throw at me in times to come. Sanctification is the process. Purifying takes place day in and day out. There is a daily need for us as God's people to empty ourselves before the king. We have to do it every day. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Empty me, Jesus, and and fill me with, with who you are.
Fill me with your fire. I love it. You've heard me say this several times, and I'll probably say it several more because I love it. Evangelist Daniel Kalinda said this. He said, the Holy Spirit will never send anyone away empty unless they come full of themselves. So true. Unless they come full of themselves, full of their own talents, their own ideas, their own desires, their own... Because then there's nowhere to fill. The Apostle Paul says it like this. He says, man, I've been poured out as a drink offering before the Lord. That we are to be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. See, the people of God has to be emptied out by God for God. It has to be in him. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul, he says it like this. He says, I count everything as loss to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. I've poured myself out. I've emptied myself of all my credentials and, and all the, 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 the education I have and all these things that I've been able to achieve over my life. I've, I've counted all of that as rubbish in order to, to gain Christ and be found in him. This is the, the Christian walk. After we are emptied of ourselves, emptied of our selfish ambitions, emptied of our, our selfish agendas, emptied of our, our selfish desires and wants, after we're emptied of those things, Jesus begins to fill us with his spirit and with fire. God is an all-consuming fire. Fire is powerful. Fire is uncontainable. And he does so so that we will burn for his kingdom, just like the prophet Jeremiah. Just like the prophet Jeremiah. See, in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, not Jeremiah 29, although we love that. That's so good. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope in the future. It's so good. But chapter 20, verse 9, Jeremiah says it this way. He says, I will not remember him or speak. If I say I will not remember him or speak anymore in his name, then my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up inside of my bones. And I am weary of holding it and can no longer endure it. See, what you got to understand here is what Jeremiah is going through. Jeremiah is going through some really, really difficult times. Super difficult times. Matter of fact, they were so difficult and so hard that Jeremiah found himself crying before the Lord constantly. Constantly. He cried so much that they call him the weeping prophet. You want to talk about deflating a man's manhood? Call him a crybaby. <laughs> Testosterone bloom, pss, pop, gone. Crybaby. You know I mean? <laughs> this, was, this was Jeremiah. This is who he was. He was in some really difficult times, and so he'd find himself crying before the Lord, prostrate before God, crying out on behalf of of Israel on behalf of God's people. God's people at this time were living contrary to the word of God, not obeying the word of God, not concerned with the word of God, just living however they wanted to live and then still calling themselves the people of God. It's pretty familiar to what we look around and see today. Pretty familiar to the church today. People of God thinking they can live however they want, do whatever they want, and God's okay with it. I'm sorry, he's not. He's not. He's not okay with me living any other way except obedient unto him. That's what he endorses. This is what he puts his stamp on. This is what he feels with the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
But Jeremiah, this is what he's dealing with. And so God calls him to, to be a light in this dark time, to be a light in this dark world that he was, he was in the midst of. And, and so Jeremiah would have to go around and tell his neighbors, tell his friends, tell his coworkers, tell everyone that he met, repent and turn from your wicked ways. Fear God, not man. Fear the Lord. This is what Jeremiah would do. And because he was the light, the darkness hated him. See, light has no fellowship with darkness at all. None. This is why the world will hate us, is exactly what Jesus said. He said, matter of fact, if everybody speaks well of you, be concerned. Because your light ain't bright enough. Because your light isn't bright enough. And so Jeremiah, right, he, he's preaching this message. He's teaching this message. He's, he's talking this message and really concerned with the people of God. And he sees that it's, it's, having, it's having no impact, he thought. This thing ain't even working. And so he begins to, to cry before the, before the Lord. Matter of fact, so much so that he wrote an entire book titled Lamentations, literally about crying. That's all it's about. It's the cries of his heart before God, hence the nickname, the weeping prophet. Because the reality is this, being the light in a dark world is lonely. At times it's really lonely. At times it's hard. At times it's painful. At times, man, it, it causes all kinds of, of issues for us. And Jeremiah realizes this, but he still comes to this conclusion. If I say, if I say I will not remember him, if I say I will not speak in his name any longer, then in my heart, he comes like a fire shut up inside of my bones that I have to get out. I can't endure it. I gotta, I gotta get it out. See, God wants us to be a bunch of Jeremiah's and not the Jeremiah that was a bullfrog. I'm just saying, like he wasn't wanting that. He, he wants us to be a bunch of Jeremiah's with the fire of God shut up right inside of our bones, that our, our heart would burn for his name, that our person would burn for his purposes and his plans, that, that we would be a people that would burn for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the mandate for the Christian, for the bride of Christ, to burn for him, to burn for him. So much so that every single person we meet, we can't help ourselves but to tell them. We can't help but to tell them. We're like a kid at Christmas time. You know what I'm talking about when the kids, they get all their gifts and they want to call every single person on your contact list. Let me tell them what Santa brought me. This is the way he wants us. So excited to tell our neighbors, our coworkers. Our moms, our dads, we, we can't help ourselves. We gotta tell them of the goodness of God. We, we, gotta, we gotta tell them what God has planned for them. We, we just have to tell them, we can't, we can't hold it in. We gotta tell them about the redeeming power of Jesus, the saving power of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus. We, we have to tell them because it's like a fire burning, burning and we gotta get it out, man. We, we have to release it. We gotta get it out. And yes, at times it will feel very, very lonely. Super lonely. At times it'll feel really overwhelming. At times it's going to hurt. At times it will cost us relationships and friendships. I promise you, the moment I gave my life to Jesus and walked away from that life of heroin, I lost all of my friends, most of my family. 
And it was lonely for, for a long time. It will cost us something. This is why Jesus says, count the cost. If you want to come follow me, count it, because you're going to have to burn for me. There is no middle ground. There is no one foot in and one foot out, because you'll be double-minded. Man, you'll be unstable in all your ways. There is no one in and one out. But do you know what? There's, there's a difference. <clears throat> there's a difference between us and Jeremiah. There's a difference. You know what the difference is? We're under the new covenant. Glory to God. The Bible says we are under the better covenant. We're under the better one. And so this is the difference between us. It's the, it's the be better covenant. Because our righteousness is found in Christ and Christ alone. Right? Paul says it like this. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. A righteousness that depends on faith. That's, that's what we have now. It's the, it's the better covenant. Jeremiah felt like he was the bearer of bad news. But you and I, we are the bearer of the good news, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus gave his life for you so that he could fill you and redeem you. This is our message. This is the, the gospel message that needs to be like a fire shut up inside of our, our bones. Tell your neighbor, get lit. Tell him, get lit. Now back to the story. I bet you forgot I was telling you a story. I wasn't, I didn't forget. It's all gonna come together, I hope, anyway. Julie and I were away with the Burning Ones team, having a great, great time. And, and it was a super impactful, impactful weekend. It was wild what God did. I mean, it was crazy. God showed up in power by fire in these meetings. Not once, not twice, but all, all five of them, God showed up powerfully. We witnessed two people. One was deaf in their left ear. One was deaf in their right. God completely healed them, completely touched them. Deaf for years, for years and years. The fire of God showed up, boom, touched them, healed. It was... It was amazing. It was amazing. But, but, but it was crazy, right? Because God still wasn't finished yet. He, he still wasn't finished just with those couple of, of healings. See, there was this, this older woman that came in the meeting and she was on a, a scooter. You know them types of scooters that, that you like have to bend your knee like this because you can't put any weight on the lower leg, right? Because of your foot. And, and, and you got to scoot yourself on it. Well, she came in with this, this scooter and we, and we seen her come into the meeting. We watched her, her come in, and she, she came right in and sat right in the back. Now, obviously, we didn't think anything of it. We didn't think anything. Oh, wow, praise the Lord. You know, you're on a scooter. Praise God. Hope the Lord touches you tonight, right? But she comes right in and sits right in the back, probably because she couldn't maneuver the scooter up through the people. So she just sat down in the very back row. The speaker, right, he gets up, preaches the gospel. It was incredible. After he's done, he makes this statement. He says, if you want healing, lift your hand. If you want healing, lift your hand right where you are. And all these people's hands shot way up in the air. And all of a sudden, it starts breaking out. This person, I'm healed. This person, I'm healed. This person, I'm healed. It was incredible. Matter of fact, I was talking to Mike the other day. And Mike was saying, hey, man, I'm still getting emails and text messages and phone calls of all the healings that took place that we didn't even know about, bro. Like that, that, that didn't even manifest itself till later, till after the meetings. 
because the word of God is like a seed that is sown in our heart. And as it, as it matures and as it, as it finds a way to produce fruit, it will begin to manifest itself in the natural as it's released in the supernatural. This is, this is the Bible. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the message. This is what's to be shut up in our bones like a fire. But I'm specifically talking about this one, this one lady because man, I watched her come in. I saw her on the scooter putting zero weight on her foot. Zero weight. She couldn't put any weight on her foot. She had been crippled in her right leg for several, several years. Couldn't walk on it. So at the beginning of the meeting, she's riding the scooter. At the end of the meeting, she's running to the altar and she's high-stepping. I'm not even kidding you. This woman was like, she's like Deion Sanders going to the end zone. I, I'm just saying, I was just saying, I was like, hey, prime time, calm down. We don't want to, we don't want to mess up the other leg. Like for real. It was incredible. It was incredible. I think she was trying to do the Texas two-step. I'm not sure what that is, but whatever she was doing, it wasn't that pretty because you know, she was white, she had no rhythm, but, but she was high-stepping, man. The power of God, the fire of God showed up and completely healed this woman's crippled right foot. It was amazing. Because here's the thing, with man, these things are impossible. It's impossible. With man, it's completely impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Everything and anything is possible in the presence of the Lord. A heroin addict can be set free in an instant from eight years of shooting dope. In an instant. Done. Because of the fire of God. Anything is possible with God. Matter of fact, Jesus says in John chapter 14, he makes this statement. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the, do the works that I have done. And even greater works than these will they do because I'm going to be with the Father. So he makes that statement in John chapter 14. Jump over to John chapter 16 and he makes, he makes another statement. He says, it's better for you that I go, that I leave to go be with my Father. Because when I get to him, he will send you the fire of the Holy Ghost. So that it can live and move and breathe on the inside of you. So you can all be temples of the Holy Ghost. Every last one of you, if I leave. Healings are possible in the presence of God. They're possible. Even if your theology or something else has told you different, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I've witnessed it, seen it on multiple occasions. We just got to believe in it and receive it. Anything and everything is possible when the fire of God shows up in the house. Hearts start burning and hearts start pounding. So we say, come rest on us. Come rest on us. But, but there's even more. There, there, there's even more. God didn't, get, God didn't stop there. Are you guys okay with this, me sharing this with you? Listen, I was actually, I was, I was really debating how much to share with you. And the Lord spoke to me something very clearly. He said, testimony is prophecy. 
And when the word of God goes out, when the testimony goes out, it sets out to accomplish that which I desire for it to accomplish. And so I'm believing in healings. I'm believing in miracles for this house. I'm telling you, I'm believing in it. And I'm speaking it in Jesus' name. I'm believing for the fire of God to wreck every single one of us. I'm talking wreck us, that we're never the same. We're transformed from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. Because when the fire of God shows up, you will never be the same again. You'll never be that person that was prior when you met him. I promise you. Am I say you'll be perfected? Probably not. But you'll never be that person again. It's incredible. And so this is why I'm sharing it with you. And it's the last night of the convocation. It's the very last night. It's Saturday. And I, I got to admit, I was really, really tired. Um, I'm crying now. I'm being the weeping prophet. But um, so on the very last night, we're tired. These things are a lot. I mean, they are a lot of work. I mean, you, you, you get up every single day at 6.30 in the morning. Not that 6.30 is incredibly early, but it is when you got to get to the church really early, and then you're there in the morning session and until way around 1, 1.30 in the afternoon. And then you get a couple hours to go back in the hotel for just a couple hours just to splash some water on your face, maybe grab a little snack, and then you're back to the church again. And you're there until after midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And then you're up again at 6.30, and you're right back, and you're pouring out, and you're praying, and you're believing, and you're worshiping, and, and you're pursuing God. And, and so you get really, really exhausted. And it's the very last night of the convocation, and I'm tired, we get done with the morning session. And I'm thinking this. I'm thinking like, hey, I think we'll go home. You know, I think we'll just go home. Um, because, you know, I mean, heck, man, God's, God's done amazing things. We've been here. It's been incredible. But I, I really want to get back for church on Sunday morning. I really did. Like, I, I was really struggling with it because I was like, man, Lord, I want to be back with our church. I love our church. I, I love what you're doing there. I, I love being with them. I, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to go back. And I almost used it as the, the reason to leave. Like, well, God, I'm the pastor. I got to be there. They give me. And I was sharing this with my wife. And, and Julie says to me, she says, well, babe, will not you pray about that? I want you to go and pray about it. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. I mean... I didn't want to pray about it. How many of you ever been in a place <laughs> like you already knew what God wanted you to do? Come on. You already knew. You knew what the right thing to do was, but you didn't want to do it because you wanted to do whatever it was that you wanted to do. And so why ask him when I already know what he's going to say? I'm not going to ask him because then, I, then I'm held accountable to what he says, right? Like this is us, man. Master justifiers, man. There's no more truer words than that. Master justifiers, but, but I knew, man, I knew what the heart of God was. But I did go pray, listen to my wife, I prayed. And the Lord was like, no, you, I want you to stay. See, again, I had the wrong, I had stinking thinking, man. My thinking was all screwed up. I had just been in a powerful multiple days of services. And I was thinking this, like God already showed up on multiple occasions. Right? Like what else could he possibly want to do? Am I being greedy, right, for going back and wanting more? Like, am I being a spoiled brat, an American Christian? Like, am I? Is this what I'm being? And this is the way I was thinking. It was, it was a terrible way to think. Because, see, he's the inexhaustible well that, that never runs dry. And Jesus says, if you come to drink from me, you will always be satisfied. Come because I've got more for you. Come because I've got more for you. And so we go, right, and we have this powerful time in worship, man. Fire of God falls, boom, just like it did every night. And it was awesome. It was awesome. 
We get done and Mike gets up to start preaching. And I had a bunch of business to take care of here at the church and, and different things. And so I go out in the, in the lobby, right, to answer emails and respond to texts to make several phone calls. And so I go do all that. And I'm sitting in the lobby just chilling, right, just kind of trying to relax for a moment. And the Holy Spirit says, get in the sanctuary. I'm like, really? Come on, Lord. Like, I've been in services nonstop. Can I just chill for a minute? The Lord's like, I want you in the sanctuary. So as soon as I opened the door, it was crazy. As soon as I opened the door, Mike says, where's Pastor Keith at? Right? I'm like, praise God from the stage. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. I'm like, please don't call me up there, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, like, so you guys don't, you know, you're not the only ones that think that when I say come up here. I thought, like, you know, I'm up here every week, but... But he was just recognizing Julie and I and just saying how grateful they were for us. And I thought, oh, cool. The Lord wanted me to hear him honor me and, and that stuff. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. It was encouraging. Cool. And I sat down with my wife, just chilling, thinking that, you know, it's over. I mean, he's preaching a powerful word, but, you know, hey, we've already been touched. Praise God. And I'm counting down the time, to be honest with you, just to be real. Okay, Mike. Okay, buddy. God's good. Amen. Right, like, hoping my amen will somehow wrap up the message. You know what I mean? Like, just being honest, I hear you guys do it to me all the time. But anyway. <clears throat> and so, and I'm just sitting there, man, and I'm, and I'm chilling, right? Like, I'm chilling. And all of a sudden, man, I close my eyes, and God gives me a vision of an angel that comes out, because I'm in the crowd. He's on the stage preaching. I'm in the crowd. It comes out of the left side of the, of the ceiling. And listen, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. Never seen it. I've had powerful encounters with God. I know the voice of God. I'm hungry for him, but I've never seen anything like this before. And this angel comes shooting out of this stage. And this angel has something in its hand, and it's sprinkling what I knew Somehow I knew in my heart, God revealed it to me, in my heart that it was gold dust on the people. I just knew it. I didn't know why. I just knew it. It was the weirdest thing, man. And it was so vivid and so real. Like, it was real. It was so real that I opened my eyes again to look for gold dust. I'm not even kidding. I was like, Lord, is this how you're going to pay off the church building? Like, <laughs> I'll start scooping this stuff up right now. Like, <laughs> this is gold from heaven. The streets are coming down on us. You know what I mean? Like, I'm serious. It was wild. I'm looking around. Right after that. Now, all this happened really fast, but in slow motion. It was so weird. It was like time slowed way down, but yet everything sped up. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's really hard to describe the supernatural when you're in the natural. It's really hard. With human vocabulary, it's difficult. But anyway, this is what I see. And I'm like, well, this is nuts. That blows my mind. And then all of a sudden, I see this fire. This wave of fire goes zoom across the people. As soon as that happens, Michael stops preaching dead in the middle of preaching. You guys heard him preach. He can preach. He stopped dead. I'm done. Stand to your feet. The fire of God is in the house. That's literally what he says right after it happens. Almost to tell me like, dude, what you just seen was real. He felt the same thing. And so we jump up and he says this. He says, if you want the fire of God to touch you tonight, get to this altar. I'm not kidding you. I would have stiff-armed an old lady so quick. I mean, I'm telling you, I would have elbowed my mama. I mean, I was getting to the altar. I left my wife. I left everything, right? Like, I beelined for that altar. Now, remind you, 
I'm supposed to be there helping and praying. I'm the pastor in the house. Like, you know what I mean? I'm one of the pastors. And, you know, I'm supposed to be laying my hands on people. And I'm like, Lord, I just seen what you did. I need that. I, whatever that is, I want some of that. Give me that. And so, man, I'm up there just ready. And Mike beelines for me. And he lays his hand on me. It felt like the fire of God went straight through my chest. And I fell flat on my face. It literally looked like somebody grabbed my knees and pulled my feet from out from under me. Wham! I hit the ground face first. I'm serious. My wife was right beside me. I asked her, wham, I hit the ground. She's like, after I came back, she's like, you okay, dude? I was like, I don't think so. Like, I'm not sure what just happened. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. I've seen people, I've watched it happen to other people, but I've, I've never had it happen to me. And I'm constantly praying, right? God, open my eyes to see and my ears to hear. I wanna see what you're doing and how you're moving in the heavens. I wanna see it because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but, it, but it's against principalities and rulers of darkness and heavenly places. God, let me, let me see how your ministering angels are, are coming to minister to us and to strengthen us and constantly praying this. And this time God showed me. And down I went, man. And I ain't kidding you. I felt like I was on fire. Like not figuratively. Like right now I'm hot because the AC's not on. Because they told me I couldn't turn it on because it makes everybody cold. And I got to suffer. You know what I mean? So I'm suffering for the Lord up here right now. But um, no, this was different. This was different. This wasn't I'm sweating. This was I am burning up. And to be honest with you, I was actually a little scared for a moment. I'm telling you, I was getting so hot that I was like, oh, oh my goodness, what is happening to me right now? And the Lord spoke to me about Moses because I have the, the, the word of God written on the tablets of my heart. God re, re, reminds me, yeah, remember the burning bush. Amen. Remember the burning bush. Remember it. See, see, Moses, when the first encounter he has with God, when God speaks to him, it's in the form of a burning bush. And Moses makes this statement. He said, the bush is on fire, but it has not consumed it. In other words... The bush is on fire, but it's not there to destroy it. It's there to reveal me through it. See, the fire of God can be powerfully placed upon us, powerfully put within us, but it's not there to destroy us. It's not there to destroy us. And so when the Lord spoke this to me, all of a sudden, man, the rest of God was on me. Now, I didn't stop crying. I was definitely Jeremiah. I mean, literally, I was ugly crying. I mean, it was, you could have gave me 15 boxes of tissues. It didn't matter. I mean, it was just, I couldn't even stop it. One of my buddies come up to me like, hey man, why are you crying? I was like, I don't know. He's like, me neither. <laughs> you know, we're both bawling. Yeah, you know, praise the Lord. I don't mind to cry in the presence of God. But it was wild, man. And then this entire week, the Lord's so good. He began to unpack this vision for me step by step, revealing to me what it was. Revealing all these different, that I just explained to you, all these different aspects of it. You see in Malachi, because I didn't know what the gold dust meant. Like, what is that? That's random Jesus. And I kept praying, God, what is that? He takes me to Malachi chapter three. In Malachi chapter three, the Bible says this, that the, that the Lord is about to purify you as a refiner refines gold through the fire. This is what he spoke to me. See, when the fire hits the gold, it melts off all the impurities so that the only thing that is left is pure gold. Pure gold, no imperfections. And man, when I seen that gold dust, the Lord was revealing what he was trying to do in his church. Man, I wanna start lighting my people on fire to purify them, to purify them, 
to burn all those impurities up within them, the things that are trying to plague them. I wanna burn them up so that they can become holy as I am holy. We've gotta be a people who desire the fire of God. We've gotta desire the fire. Tell your neighbor, get lit, tell him, get lit, get lit. See the days that we're living in, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, it's the signs of the times, man. You cannot believe it if you want, but my goodness, man, things in the spirit are off the hook. I can feel it all in my spirit. It's the signs of the times. And remember, we, we don't know the hour that he's coming. We have no idea. We don't know when he is returning for his bride, one without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. We don't know when he's returning for a people that are pure. We don't know. We don't know. So we've got to have the fire of God that will keep us ready for his coming. We have to have it. See, our text in Matthew chapter 24, it's all about being ready, be ready, be ready, be ready, be alert, be alert, be alert, because the, because the Savior, the Son of Man, is going to come like a thief in the night. You have no idea. He'll come right in the middle of the night and take all of his people with him that are ready for him. He'll take them. And he will leave behind all those who aren't ready, whose fire is not lit for him. He will leave them. This is what the Bible teaches us. This is what we have. We have the word of God. Where's my Bible? Praise the Lord. I left it somewhere. <clears throat> so we've got to be ready. We've got to remain ready with the fire of God. Asking for it, desiring it, hungering after it. And this is what Matthew 24, but then you jump over to Matthew chapter 25. And you find this parable of the 10 virgins with the 10 lambs. The ten virgins with the ten lambs. If I could have my ten volunteers come back up here, please. If you could go to your, your lamp. Come on, as they're coming up here, tell your neighbor, get lit. Tell them, say, get lit. Get lit. <clears throat> it's like hip lingo nowadays. <clears throat> I'm like a teenager. Listen. Uh, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, get lit. Matthew 25, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. Let's read it real quick. <clears throat> Let me pull that up, please. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be compared to the ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. How many of you realize this, that Jesus is the bridegroom? We are his bride. I don't care how big, how bad you think you are. When the king returns, you'll either be his bride or you'll be left behind. It's just that simple. I don't care how bad, how big, how tough. It won't matter because on that day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Period. Period. When the bride grim returns. And when it's talking about the virgins, what this represents is this. It means a people who seem to serve God. A people who seem to put their trust in God. A people who seem to do all the Christian things that they're supposed to do. This is the virgins. They go to church, they serve at church, they sing the songs in church, they listen to churchy music, 
They have the churchy lingo down. They have all that down. They're good people. They're immoral people. These are the ten virgins. And the kingdom of heaven will be compared to these ten virgins who took their lamps out to meet the bridegroom. Next verse. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. So let me get the five foolish ones over here. That's the ones that light has went out. We're gonna move them. We're gonna move these ones over here. Grab these guys, grab your lamps if it's still lit. If you got your lit and it's out, bring it over here, please. If yours is out, bring it over here. Whoever these are, whose are these? Okay, grab that one. Let's put that over there. Jesse, could you, don't, don't light it more. That's, you're gonna try, see, he's messing me up. He's gonna mess up my illustration. He's smart. Just grab the thing and bring it over here. He was gonna mess me up. He knows how to work them stupid lamps. I don't, but he does. He's getting ready to make that thing go real bright. Jesse, I love it. So what we have, is supposed to be five. Put one out for me. Didn't go out. You get the point. You couldn't hardly see the flame. But five were, were foolish and five were prudent. And listen, this is no, this is nothing against you guys. Don't be offended. This has no representation of your walk with Jesus. Like, I'll get an email later. Like, Pastor, I can't believe you put me on blast. It's not about you. Simply for the illustration. Five foolish and, and five prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil and flasks. The, the prudent made sure, made sure that their, their lamps were full, that their, their fire was burning for God. And there was plenty in the reservoir to continue to burn all night long for Him. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, how many of you ever felt like God is delaying? Just me? Felt like God is delaying? That he's delaying on your promises. That he's laying, delaying on your provision. That he's delaying on your healing. Hear me. God isn't delaying. He's working. God isn't delaying. He's working. Even if I can't see it, he's working. Even if I can't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He's, he's, he's not just delaying, man. He's working. He's working. Second Peter speaks directly to this. He says, and God is not slow as some of you would deem slowness, but rather he is patient, working, hoping that all would come to repentance, that all would find him and let the fire of God burn. But he isn't delaying. He's working. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, the verse, Isabel, thank you. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. See, Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, he says, Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season, in the proper time, you will reap a harvest. When it's time, the king will come and give you what is rightfully yours. Don't grow weary in doing good. They fell asleep. But at midnight, there was a loud shout. Behold, the bridegroom come out to meet him, it says. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and they trimmed their lamps. 
The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no, we can't give you oil. Because if we do, if we give you oil, then ours will run out too. And I won't have enough for us. What are you talking about? I can't. No, go and buy some from the sellers, from the dealers, and then make it back here. You see, God is a personal God for a personal you, guys. Your mama can't get you into heaven. Your granddaddy can't get you into heaven. Your dad's faithfulness is not enough for you. It's just not. It's not. Our friends can't seek God for us. The only one that can get us ready is us. We have to hunger and thirst. We have to desire him. And while they were gone, going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him. They were going in with him. The king was taking them with him. And they went in and shut the doors to the kingdom. This is what this is saying. The five that were prudent, that desired the fire of God, that asked for the fire of God. Jesus came and got them and then shut the door behind them. And the other five, the five foolish ones came later and began to knock on the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us the door. But he said, truly, truly, I say to you, I never knew you. I never knew you. Hear me, church, when the king comes again in the middle of the night like a thief in the night what we have said and what we have done on this earth will not be enough to take us into the kingdom it will not be enough Matthew chapter 7 Jesus reveals this very directly he says on that day when I come on the great day of the Lord when I come back for my people on that day many will say to me Lord Lord Lord, Lord, but all those who say, Lord, Lord, to me won't make it in with me. Only those that done the will of my heavenly Father will enter into the kingdom. That's it. He said, many, many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do many miracles in your name? Didn't I prophesy in your name? And he said, I will look at them and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You may have done, because listen to me, Jesus' name has power period. It has power. It has power to break every chain. At the name of Jesus, Satan has to flee. Jesus' name has power just because of who he is. But just because of our activity and the words that we have spoken doesn't mean we know him and he knows us. It doesn't mean that. And so when the king comes, it won't matter what we've done. It won't matter where we've been. It will only matter who we've served. That's all that will matter. It won't matter what ministry we are a part of. It won't matter what we did at that ministry. It won't matter what business we grew. It won't matter. It won't matter. None of that will matter. It will only matter who you've served. Activity won't be enough. It will be the intimacy that we've had with Jesus that will cause him to take us with him. Our intimacy, how much we loved him, how much we gave ourselves over to him, how much we emptied ourselves of ourselves so that he could fill us in that place. That's the only thing that's going to matter when he comes again. That's it. Be on alert then. This is what it finishes up. Be on alert then, for you don't know the day nor the hour. Out of the 10 virgins, out of the 10 virgins, 
five of them. They, they were ready. I got my ready crowd. They were, they were ready for the Lord's coming. They were willing to be, to be lit for him, by him, willing to lay down all their own stuff in order to know him better. But the other, but the other, but the other five, they weren't ready for the kingdom. They were all virgins. This is what messes me up. They were all virgins, every one of them. They all had this incredible outward appearance by what they said and what they'd done. This is how they knew they were virgins, because of what they said and what they had done. See, the thing about our lamps now, right? See, the thing about these lamps is, is we kind of cheat because we can see through them, right? We can see how much oil is in them. We can tell because they're glass. But see, in biblical times, back then, the lamps were made out of clay. You couldn't see what was on the inside of them. You couldn't see how much oil was in them. It it actually rings a lot more true with that illustration. But these are prettier, and they look better on my stage. I'm just saying. (laughs) But, but, But it rings more true for the illustration. See, people look at the outward appearance, the Bible says. But God looks on the inward appearance. God looks at the heart of men and women. See, we got to be those clay lamps, clay that is, that is put in the potter's hand that he can shape us and mold us and fill us however he desires to. See, our day and age that we live in right now, man, we see a lot of people's outward appearance. Man, we got Facebook, we got the gram, we got Snapchat, we got TikTok, all these other things on social media, YouTube. We got all this stuff to see what people are saying and doing. But God is seeing and looking at what's happening on the inside of us. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? See, the fire of God is meant to come upon us, but it has to dwell within us. It dwells within us. It dwells within us. And only God knows. Only God knows, and and we know, but others don't know what's happening on the inside of us. So we gotta make sure, man, we are desiring the fire of God, asking God, God, come and set me ablaze for your kingdom and fill us with your fire. Come on and stand to your feet. Can you guys give our volunteers a hand, man? You guys did amazing. They did amazing. They did amazing. They were trying to ask each other for their oil back here. I told them no in the spirit. Now they did terrific. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Church, we have to desire this fire. We have to desire the fire. Without the fire of God, we will live in the sin that the enemy plagues us with. We will constantly fall into it. We'll constantly be be held and bound to the sin without the fire of God. It's just the reality in which we live. We have to have the Holy Spirit in with fire. And here's the thing, right? When the fire of God comes, I promise you, you'll know it. There will be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, was I touched by the fire? You will know if the fire of God hits you. Because you'll, you'll never be the same again in your entire life. And so look, man, we're going to open these altars. We're going to open the altars. 
And I, and I am believing, I am believing that the fire of God is gonna fall in this place. I'm believing that. I'm believing that God is going to begin to fill his people with fire because we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Man, there is a world that is lost and that is hurting. And Christians and Christ's followers, people who call themselves the bride of Christ, man, can't be getting held up and struggling in sin and being pulled back in by the enemy. We can't. And so we have to have the fire of God. And the cool thing about all this is this, that Jesus says, if you ask, you will receive. If you knock on the door, the door will be answered. This is speaking directly about the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is referring to, the Holy Spirit and fire. And so, man, we're going to open these altars. We're going to believe God to come down and touch us today. Because I don't want to just end this service preaching about the fire of God and then just say goodbye. Like, see you. <clears throat> Figure it out. No, no, man. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We want to believe with you as a body. And so, look, if you've already got the fire of God, praise the Lord. You can always get more. But, but, man, be praying for people, man. Be praying that people would get burned up this morning for him. Come on, worship team.